0: You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. You know, th- this is a game that if
1: if you can't get ready for this one, then you, you probably don't need to be playing college football or, or at Nebraska because this is a game that everybody's ready for and everybody wants to win this game and everybody better leave it all on the field on this one because th- this is a game that's super, super important to not only our program but the, the state of Nebraska. Right, we got to be constructive about what went on on Saturday and then just turn the page, move on to the next... The next game on um, these weeks go by fast so capitalizing on every day preparing the best of our ability every day is going to put us in the best position to succeed on friday we're, we're so much better in so many ways but we weren't saturday and that's that's what frustrates me is we've taken steps forward i feel like we took a step back saturday we got more talent in this program than we've had the last two years the talent keeps growing a lot of the good players that are playing for us are young uh, freshman uh, playing for the first time it you know to win in this league you got to not only have the athletes on the field and have the right x's and o's you've got to execute it really well and that's easier to do with a veteran team than his young team
0: and welcome here to this edition of the Husker line show Sean Callahan Robin Washett here with you on the holiday week here as America is working less this week, and we'll get you ready a couple days earlier for Nebraska-Iowa as that game on Black Friday set for a noon kick. Not an 11 a.m., Robin, as uh, we've been so accustomed to. Uh, we get an extra hour. It's a noon kick on Fox. But, man, where do you start? I mean, this this week going into it, sure, Robin, a 1-3 start was always possible. In fact, the Vegas numbers say Nebraska should be 1-3. and three. Nebraska is only favored in one game and underdogs in three, and they're 1-3. and three. So should we be surprised they're 1-3? Maybe not. But I think it's the nature of the way the loss happened last week against Illinois. I think a lot of people assumed this program was done with moments like that, embarrassing moments where – You know, you you don't even want to put on your Husker gear and walk around because you're so embarrassed with the way the team played moments where when you leave watching the game, whatever you're doing Saturday, you go home and you're just in the worst mood ever. And it carries over to your Sunday. And that's pretty much been the state of Nebraska this entire week. Everybody is just angry about what we saw on Saturday because it was inexcusable in a lot of ways. And now I don't want to call it the panic buttons being hit, but it feels like a lot of people have hit the panic button.
1: Yeah. And you for the sole reason, uh, as you said, people are embarrassed and they're tired of being embarrassed by what they love. Yeah. The one thing, you know, when it comes to sports that they've they've hitched their their livelihood to. So uh, it's, you know, one of those deals where I think it's just the, the fatigue of constantly being let down by nebraska football and here we are in in year three and things have not gotten any better from where they were in year one to where the same mistakes happen every game every drive every quarter and all that uh and there's been no encouraging reasons to believe that things are headed in the right direction and you know they got a staff that keeps saying that we know where this thing's headed we're a more talented team it sure didn't look like it on Saturday where they were completely outmatched in every facet of the game by an Illinois team that is regarded as the worst team in the conference. Uh, that that can't happen. I mean, you can lose the game, but to lose in that fashion is, like you said, inexcusable. And it was probably one of the toughest pills for Nebraska fans to swallow, because you know they're they're just tired of getting kicked right now. Every time Nebraska loses, you got national media and all these people that are mad at Nebraska for wanting to play. They pile on. Well, because every they time. love
0: the traffic and the in the clicks exactly. Nebraska gives them.
1: But but every time that happens, I mean that that just kind of. It wears on you to the point where, you know, it's you almost start questioning. Is it worth me putting my heart and soul into this just for this type of result?
0: And obviously a lot of people frustrated now because you go out to Iowa, you're a two-touchdown underdog now on Black Friday. Meanwhile, Iowa, on the other hand, and we'll hear from Tom Kaker later in the show, uh, he is the insider among insiders that covers Iowa football, um, has been covering the team for over 20 years, and he'll give us some more insight. But this is an Iowa team that started 0-2 with an opening loss to Purdue, a Week 2 loss to Northwestern, both very, very close losses. They've won three in a row by 20-plus points. So they have found their stride, typical Kirk Ferentz team, Instead of having that slow start when they eked out against Northern Iowa, they lost their early games to Northern Illinois or to Northwestern and uh, Purdue, but now they have found their stride. And I I think people know that this is not going to be an easy game for Nebraska, regardless. And um, there's a lot of questions about the quarterback position, what they're going to do. And we'll get into that more specifically. I want to give that a whole segment, Robin, Mm -hmm. next. Uh, But just this game with Iowa. You know, it's two teams playing each other in Nebraska's case at the wrong time, and Iowa's obviously playing their best football right now.
1: Yeah, couldn't uh, dial up much worse as far as where this season is heading for both respective teams. But, you know, you look at just Nebraska specifically, I mean, it's, it's asking a lot uh, for them to somehow find all the answers to all the problems that we saw on Saturday and do it on a short week against a team that is playing arguably, you know, maybe outside of Ohio State, as well as anybody in the conference right now, over the past three weeks, and uh, Iowa's finding their stride, and Nebraska's completely lost. And is suddenly something going to uh, click with the Huskers this week in practice? You know, maybe I'm not going to hold my breath on that. Uh, but you know, this is, you know the, from the fan perspective as well. I mean, not only uh, are they still licking their wounds from Saturday, but now you know you got Iowa and Nebraska's lost its last five in this rivalry to Iowa. And that is just such a bitter taste for so many fans that they're just already expecting the worst. And you know,
0: quite frankly, I don't blame them. Yeah, Nebraska has not beaten Iowa since Bo Pelini's final game. And there's a lot of history in that. And Tom Kakert's going to tell – we'll talk about that more. But you think about that moment, Sean Eichhorst fired Pelini after beating Iowa, and then he trashed Iowa in his comments, basically saying the win over Iowa means nothing. Nine and three means nothing. And – beating Iowa had no part of my decision to fire Bo Pelini. If they would have won by a hundred, I was going to still fire Bo Pelini. And that actually woke up Iowa to the point where they've had one of their better stretches since that moment under Kirk Ferentz.
1: Yeah. And, you know, thanks again, Sean, Icores, for that parting gift. But, uh, you know, I get what he was saying. I think those comments, you know, a lot, a lot of schools like to find bulletin board material It wasn't really wasn't me like saying anything about, his the respect level for iowa it was the fact that the decision was already made whether nebraska was going to win that game or not but of course you know just like indiana was disrespected by some comments about you know scott frost asking why they never get to play indiana iowa felt disrespected because of what the athletic director said in firing his head coach i mean you you pick and choose what you want to hear but Clearly, that provided enough ammunition for Iowa to kind of, uh, you know, bring the troops together and, and get this thing five wins
0: in a row. Now, and speaking of Indiana, Tom uh, Allen has become basically like the Paul Rhodes of post game sound. Now, <laughs> I mean, every week he cries and you know it, it gets everybody emotional about how they've played. And I'll be honest, I was surprised they played Ohio State like they did. I was surprised Michael Penix Jr. moved the ball on their defense at that level. Uh, but in some ways, maybe not. I mean, Nebraska moved the ball pretty well in Ohio State. When you If you want to be real about it, uh, they ran the ball for over 200, and they did a lot against the Buckeyes. And, you know, I, I know they're the best team in the league right now, but maybe it's not as much as we think.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think Ohio State's defense isn't what it normally is, but a lot of it, too, is Indiana's good. And, I mean, they, they've they earned their right at the table. I mean, they're a team that uh, is clearly one of the, the top, 20 teams in the country right now, if not higher, depending on who you ask. Uh, and they've proven it. I mean, by going to Ohio state or playing Ohio state, the way that they did, uh, I think answered a lot of questions about how real that program actually was. In uh, fact, they've gotten some breaks along the way, but uh, week in week out, they've kind of solidified themselves as one of the better teams in this conference. And, uh, you know, again, from a fan perspective, you see, Indiana is establishing itself as a Big Ten contender while Nebraska in the East. In the east while
0: Not Nebraska just the Big Ten here in the
1: East. Yeah, getting blown out at home uh, by three touchdowns to Illinois. Think about
0: this. Indiana is going to beat Penn State and Michigan both. They already have. They they took Ohio State to within a touchdown. Like who in a million years could have seen that coming? Never. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk about the quarterback race what we think is going to happen this week in the future of Adrian Martinez and Luke McCaffrey. You're listening here to the Husker Line Show.